The antidote. 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 Y estás escuchando the antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck.
There's no chance of Bride's Dale Thompson having to wait until he's dead to be famous. Becoming famous happened a long, long time ago for him. The song Famous When I'm Dead comes from Bride's latest album, Snake Eyes. If you heard the antidote last week, then you know the plans for tonight. On our last episode, we began a conversation with the legendary Dale Thompson, the frontman of Bride, for the past 30 years. Dale's incredible vocals and his songwriting ability has had him being drawn into all kinds of music projects. It's not simply Bride, but half a dozen bands. The wild part is that Dale Thompson is now at the point in his music career where most artists sort of start to wind things down. For Dale, it seems to be the opposite. He'll speak about those music projects during our talk tonight, and next you'll find out more about Dale's faith along with the song, I Found God. How much has your faith and your convictions changed over the years? Uh, my faith and convictions are the same, but my beliefs have changed quite a bit over the years um, because I was born and raised in Kentucky, you know, where Baptist rule. But I grew up as a Methodist, then uh, turned Pentecostal, then turned uh, Assemblies of God, then turned non-denominational, then turned Church of God. And through all that, through Wednesday night Bible studies, church three or four times on a Sunday, uh, all these fellowship groups and stuff, um, I had become something that uh, I thought I was supposed to have become, and I was believing what people were saying because it was the doctrine of that particular church affiliation. But when I really sat down and studied the Word of God, for what it says, I came up with some different conclusions on a lot of different things, and my faith remains positive, it remains strong, you know, my belief in Jesus has not changed, you know, like I said, Savior of the world, nobody can come to Him unless the Holy Spirit draws them, you know, God sent Jesus, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, I mean, I don't mean to minimize it, but I'm just saying that there's people today that they believe everything that the preacher says because he's been to the seminary or he has, you know, read the latest book and he can prepare the greatest sermons with all the projectors and all the words up on the wall. And he knows what he's going to say before he says it. And, you know, I just cannot be associated with uh, that type of religion. That religion to me uh, let me down. I felt a lot of it was forced. A lot of it was falsified. And once I had gone through some of the changes that I went through spiritually as an adult, I just found myself wanting more true fellowship. You know, people say, well, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. And I'm like, well, I'm not. Just because I don't have a home church does not mean that I do not associate with Christians, mm -hmm. you know, and have fellowship with Christians. I guess you could say that, that a lot of times I feel like I'm on the outside looking in, but you know, I am still as hardcore about getting people to recognize who Jesus is as I ever was.
Does that bother you, feeling as if you're on the outside? It did in the beginning because, you know, I've always told people, what I know, I know, you can't change me. But what I don't know, I'm open for discussion. And some of the things that I say that I know, that I do know, you know, those things I I can't be moved on because those are things that God has showed me, not man, not a sermon, not because I was raised a Baptist or Methodist or whatever, you know, um, 
the things that I have learned in my spiritual walk came to me long after I was born again, long after I was baptized, long after I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And those things came from God because I, uh, I wasn't looking to change my mind on the way that I felt about anything because I was being prepped by the church of God to take over a huge church. And I was going to be the senior pastor of this church. But God stopped me in my tracks and he said, that's not where I want you. So I uh, surrendered to God and basically it just boiled down to him putting me through the fire and through some testing for about four years. And I came out on the other side, a completely different person. But not in a bad way. No, no, definitely not. No, in, in a way that, yeah, I'll probably sing about some things that it's going to strike people as funny. But, you know, I can definitely assure you that I'm not writing anything that does not point to the cross. Uh, you know, my prayer every day is, Lord, use me as an instrument and a vessel of your peace. Lord, send me. That's the prayer that I pray. And he has. You know, I can't complain about all this music I'm doing because I ask for it. <laughs> so. And they haven't thrown you out of New Zealand yet. You can't be that heretical. Well, on the contrary, this is, a, this is an odd society here. This is more of a socialist government. Uh, a lot of people here do not have any faith. A lot of people are agnostic here. There is a strong church presence, but it's small. Um, I've had three different jobs since I've been here, and I've met one Christian in all three of those jobs. So it shows you, you know, the difference, you know, pretty outnumbered. Yeah, I overheard a coworker talking to uh, another coworker, and he said, "Yes, yeah, and my daughter, she she's got this friend, and her friend's a Christian, and well, I guess that's all right, but I don't want her doing that God thing." And I just, yeah, I didn't say anything. I just stood dumbfounded, and I'm thinking, well, maybe you want her to do drugs and alcohol and end up dead somewhere. I mean, people down here have the wrong uh, opinion, and they see God completely incorrectly. Earlier yeah. on, we talked about the Snakes in the Playground album. This summer, Bride released the follow-up to that album with Snake Eyes. I mean, <laughs> what was this was the decades of begging by your fans. It finally came to fruition, and you put the album out? Well, we always thought that we were kind of doing a follow-up to Snakes. I thought Scarecrow Messiah was a great follow-up to Snakes, and I even thought that Zarbama was a great follow-up snakes but it wasn't until we put the word snake on an album that it seemed to satisfy people <laughs> so we we put the word snake on the uh the album cover and uh hey they think it's snakes too so more power to them it's a great album but you know this is it was closer to snakes too than the last album that we we recorded there's a certain politician who i won't name who's famous for talking about fake news now, Brian put a spin on that with the song Fake News on Snake Eyes. Do you care to explain? Uh, yeah, because I just I saw all the fake news myself. You know, I'd go look up something and then, you know, you'd want to share it with people. Then you found out it was fake. So I was like, wow, you know, I mean, what's real and what's not? Real? I was hoping that the Trump campaign would take my song and use it. Maybe they haven't heard it yet, but be great if he come out with that song right before he talked to the press. I would be really stoked about that. That'd be cool. 
you just see him coming out, you know, smiling and waving and hear me in the background singing, that would be awesome. You need a gap below 
that unnamed politician doesn't have any effect on you anymore because we moved to the other side of the world. What was the attraction of going to New Zealand? A blonde. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, it's the love interest. Yes, I, um, I had met my wife about five or six years ago now, but I'd, I'd, I'd met her online. You know, I was single, uh, had, had become single. And, um, and I was, uh, promoting the band that night, I think. And it was uh, new year's Eve and I saw her picture pop up. So I, you know how people do the little pokes on Facebook. So I poked her and she poked me back and I was like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. So I went over and looked at her profile picture. I'm like, Oh, wow, he's really pretty. It's maybe I'll talk to her. So we started just chatting back and forth and everything. So we Skype dated for eight months. I was leaving my Skype on all the time. It was as if we were together, you know. After eight months, I did a two-week stint in New Zealand uh, to meet her family, uh, travel around the North Island uh, with her and to see the things and to see what I thought of New Zealand. And um, I left and came back to the United States, uh, put my house up for sale. I sold my three cars, my guns, got rid of my four dogs to good homes. And liquidated and took all of my assets and took me about three or four months to, to liquidate and then uh, got myself a work visa and legally came to New Zealand and uh, basically started my life over and I couldn't be happier. I'm a long way from friends and relatives and family and such, but, uh, you know, we, we do all stay in contact via the Internet. With Dale moving all the way to New Zealand to marry the love of his life, I'd have thought that he would have composed a love song for her. But I guess that hasn't happened yet. But at least this song title works. From Bride's Zarbamba album comes We Are Together.
this is Dale Thompson of the band Bride. You're listening to The Antidote. Well, here we've been speaking about some of the other projects you're involved with. I've really gotten into one of them, The World Will Burn. How do you manage that with you in New Zealand and your bandmate Alan being in Kentucky? Well, I didn't even know Alan was a musician. All I knew him as is a guy that that ran the soundboard for Bride for um, Incorruptible when we were doing our rehearsals, and he allowed us to rehearse uh, in at his house some, and I think we rehearsed some at the bass player's house, Brad. But um, so I, I moved to New Zealand not thinking anything about Alan as a musician, and he sent me this couple of tracks. It was his guitar, and he put bass on it and a drum machine. It was really good. I was like, is this really you, Alan? I said, that's good stuff. I said, let me, let me see if I can you know, put some words to it. And that's how it started. I had no idea Alan was the, and I had known him for years and did not know that he was a musician. I thought he was a sound guy. Huh. <laughs> Weirdest thing, but I mean, it works because what happens is, is whether it's Alan uh, or Miles from Dapster Gentleman or Garrett from the Thomas Thompson Earth Project or Diego from Perpetual Paranoia or whoever, even Troy this time, they send me the music and I'll tell you the honest truth what I do. I listen to the song one time and I've got a folder here that's got stacks of lyrics. I'll grab a couple lyrics, hum a little bit, and I don't rehearse these songs. I used to rehearse all the songs with Bride 50 times before we, we recorded them. What you're hearing on all of those albums that I've just done is my first impressions of the song. And I hear it in my head and I sing it and then I double it and then I triple it and I add all the weird voices and all the things in the background that you might think are keyboards is me and I send it away and I'm like, next. So by the time I get a song, like I got this one this morning, in two hours it was finished with um, 12 vocal tracks and I've sent it on to uh, the Dabster Gentleman uh, project. So that song's done. I did it in two hours. <laughs> Dale, you're a machine. Yeah. Stuff just comes to me like that. If I don't get a song to do on a day, I'm disappointed because it's very fulfilling for me. So I'm constantly writing. I'm writing in my car. I'm writing while I'm, I'm watching television. I'm writing in the bathroom. You know, uh, I wake up in the middle of the night and write. And uh, I write, I write, I write, I write. And you know, this particular song that I just done, it's, it's called Standing on the Bridge, for instance. Mm -hmm. And it's all scribbled up. I wrote it in one time, and I didn't change one word of it to go into a song that I had never heard before. And it just fit. Every word of it went in. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely God uh, working through me because I don't have that sort of ability. I'm, you know, I'm a bluegrass boy from Kentucky, so... <laughs> you know, that's not normal. An excellent song from the World Will Burns Ruination album talks about breaking the mold. This is King for a Day. Yeah. 
I don't hear any bluegrass coming through on The World Will Burn. You cover so many <laughs> styles of hard music. I even hear a goth flavor coming through on the song, Brand New Song. There's more of that coming on um, even the perpetual uh, paranoia. Um, I was trying really hard to get Randy Rose to sing on it, but I couldn't, couldn't work it out. Jimmy Brown, he wanted to do it, couldn't do it. Ray from Denial the Fallen, he wanted to sing on it. Uh, they all had projects going. And I got Chaz Bonds and I got Les Carlson singing on it. But there was a gothic part that I thought, man, you know, Eric Clayton can do great, a savior machine. Sure. And and he, he just didn't come around for me, so I did it myself and I'm quite happy with it. So <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, okay, so I can do some goth stuff, you know. I could be spooky. <laughs> <laughs>
you've already mentioned a little bit earlier about perpetual paranoia. I've only heard one song from that, The Reapers. Perpetual Paranoia is one of my favorite albums I've ever, ever done. If I were ranking albums that I've done, of all the broad and everything else, that would be in, in my top five. Wow. Uh, that that album blisters from front to finish. There's only one track that, that I wish I would have went back and did something different on, but for the most part, um, 11 songs strong, you know, nine out of 10 stars. I'm, I'm quite happy with it. And one of the, the reasons I wanted to do it, I really got tired of people saying that, that I couldn't do what I could do uh, because that hadn't screamed in a long time and I hadn't, you know, did all these operatic voices and stuff. So I just put it all on that one album. And it was like, there you go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let loose, you know. And, and the second Perpetual, which is being um, mixed right now, it's it's a lot heavier and there's a lot of craziness going on. And I, I can't wait to hear it mixed because I have a feeling I've, I've been away from it so long, it's going to blow my mind. I hate your darkness, the evil within. Your Lord makes me sick. I despise your sin. I'm not delusional. Don't let go of my hand. Run as fast as you can. Or fight the enemy where you stand. Where you stand. Nothing from the west can harm me. Ignite the flame and purge this place. Nothing from the east can harm me. Leave not a speck but burn in a race. Nothing from the south can harm me. Let the elements interlace. Nothing from the north can harm me. Gone grant a safe passage in grace.
The Reapers, a huge six-and-a-half-minute song from Perpetual Paranoia. Not so loud is the music from Dabster Gentleman. Here's Dale to explain. I still can't figure you out, though. I mean, is the well never going to run dry? Like, you know, no retirement ever for Dale Thompson? No, probably not. Every time I try to retire, I get, you know, well, I started painting, you know. I started painting portraits and painting landscapes and painting abstract and all this. And that kept me busy for a while. But, you know, my real love was music, so I had to go back to it. But I've got a painting I have to finish because I think it's going to be the cover of the, uh, the World Will Burn. So I need to finish that up in the next month or so. Uh, painting is very satisfying, but music is, is really the, uh, the icing on the cake, so to speak. <laughs> you brought it up multiple times, Dabster Gentleman. It's completely different than stuff that I've been doing. It's more reminiscent of, of my older solo projects. You know, I did uh, four different solo projects in the past. One was kind of a folk thing. Three were kind of bluesy. This kind of falls in there. This, I mean, this has jazz in it. It's got soft rock. It's got a country flair at times. There's a trumpet even. I mean, it's, it's wow. really a cool thing going on, and it's very much fun. I did a really good job with the lyrics. They're very well thought out. These four albums that I'm recording for Dabster Gentleman were instrumental albums that have already been released. So he has sent me his instrumental albums for me to put lyrics to and melodies. So this is a very difficult thing to do because there's no verses and choruses. You just sing. <laughs> so it's, it's not set up like a normal song. You know, Bride used to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, solo, maybe half a chorus or go straight into a down verse, two choruses out, you know, guitar solo somewhere in there, you know, but uh, this here, you don't have any idea what's coming next.
some music just can't be defined, like the song Thick as Thieves from Napster Gentleman. That opinion comes from the band's bassist and composer, Miles Barfield. He told me earlier today, I know we're an odd bunch, a post-rock, folk, jazz, acoustic mashup, which few can actually categorize, but it's fun to write. What Miles left out is that it's also fun to listen to. (laughs) I know everyone is busy getting ready for Christmas. I mean, you have all those Christmas movies to watch. But take some time next week as the antidote comes to musically celebrate Christ's birth with a huge selection of favorites and, let's say, obscure Christmas songs. On tonight's show, we've heard many of the music projects of Dale Thompson. With a guy who's so prolific, I wanted to put him on the spot with a tough question. Here it comes in our closing song. Now get out there and get that Christmas shopping done with. (laughs) I'll see you next week. I often ask artists to fill the slot for the last song of the night. Can I make you pick a single song from one of your music projects? And you tell us why you chose that. Oh, let me think. Um... One of, the, one of the most fun songs that I have ever recorded or did live was Hired Gun. When that song kicks in, and, and uh, I know live, I did this massive Chris Cornell meets, uh, I don't know, uh, Ronnie James Dio meets Bruce Dickinson meets Ian Gillen screaming it. Uh, that song gave me cold chills when I played it, you know, I would sing it. So that, that song means a lot because it's, you know, I hope you and Jesus have it all worked out. And that's always my question to people. You know, um, I had a bass player once, and his question was always, is that what you want to be doing when Jesus comes back? But mine is, I hope you and Jesus have it all worked out. And, yeah, that's the tune for me. <laughs> the antidote has been speaking with Dale Thompson. Dale, thanks so much for coming, man. This has been great. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Now, I've got I've to get out of here and stack some firewood. <laughs> you got your work to do. <laughs> yeah. They pay me lots of money for what I do. I'm a dancer, midnight romancer under the moon. I'm on the clock and I like to rock and I don't work the street. You'll be amazed and your eyes are glazed when I do my how I feel yeah exterminator I'm a raw high gangster I can equal the odds I pay for your sin with my boyish grin I create the facade steady hand I'm a gentleman Jesus have it all worked out
Black days are coming, every prideful man will fall. Down.